Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What's up, bingers? Thanks for tuning in. And please, if you have not done so already, take a moment, pop into iTunes, and leave a rating and review for us. It really helps make the podcast more visible to new listeners, and it makes me feel better about myself. And today, we have kind of an odd couple as our guests. We have a lovely lady who bakes cakes for a living and speaks with a brilliant British accent. And then we have Nick and the Captain's lifelong friend who crunches numbers for a living. Together, they host the super interesting show that just turned one year old, Crimepedia. Please welcome Cherry and Morgan. The internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. three of us in the count of three do one clap that'll help mike line everything up okay. when he gets it so one two three <laughs> the clap heard around the world <laughs> since we actually have well we don't usually have have uh people from across the pond on the on the podcast welcome cherry thanks for joining us thank you thank you for having me yep and and of course morgan who's who's here stateside holding down the fort hello bob so you guys, I have, uh, I, I got, to, I've never met Cherry. I got to meet uh, Morgan. H- and I've met you before this year's crime. Every um, time I run into you, I've been drinking. So I don't remember <laughs> if I've met you before. You met me during the infamous um, drinking contest with Captain in New Orleans. Oh, so you were there for that. I was there. Oddly enough, don't remember that. Don't remember <laughs> um, <laughs> most of that, most of that evening. Well, that happened, well... Luckily, I, I did because I went really hard, way too hard Thursday night. And I didn't realize that New Orleans, they don't shut down their bars. So I'm used to being like ever, ever, oh. ever. Yeah. I'm used to being in Ohio where at like, you know, one o'clock, two o'clock, whatever. They're like, okay, great. Thanks for having fun. Now get out. And so then you go <laughs> home and you go to sleep. Well, in New Orleans, right. it's like five, six o'clock in the morning on a you know, Friday morning. It's like, wait, why am I still here? And then I go back and, you know, I <laughs> sleep for, you know, three hours before crime con, you know, starts up. Right. Yeah. You need, you need that, that adult to tell you that it's time to go home. <laughs> yes. um, if you get, when you get a little bit older, Morgan, uh, I think you're the same age as Captain and Nick, right? Yes. Or, or which one of them? I'm right. I'm actually in between. So Nick is a year older. So, Captain's a year younger. So I feel like one or two more years and you, and you hit the age where, you no longer need the babysitter. Your body, <laughs> body at about 10 o'clock starts going, no, no, thank you. We're done now. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Uh, so yeah, so Morgan is a lifelong friend of Nick at the Captains. Mm-hmm. We've met a little bit. Are you and are you and Captain still doing? At one point, you guys had a, a show called the uh, the Captain and Morgan Show. We are not now. We've we've talked about bringing it back. Yeah. So so we had a show for, that ran for about a year. It was just me and the Captain. And originally, we were going to be talking about. It was almost going to be like a, a true true crime garage after show, where we'd get on uh-huh. and we'd talk about it because. He would always call me up anyways when he has, you know, on certain episodes and like, you know, we'd, we'd sit there for hours talking about it. So it's like, why not we just, you know, record this and send it out? So that's what it was supposed to be. But then it turned into some weird. Um, locker captain, room boy chat. Yeah. yeah locker room boy chat. <laughs> Basically, Captain just going off the rails and just whatever comes to his mind, he just talks about. And I sat there and just going, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we did that for about a year, but then he got to a point where, I mean, he's a busy guy. He's a really busy right. guy he, where he just didn't have the time for it. And he didn't have the time in, time or really to, to, to record or really to put a lot of effort into it. So he didn't want to do anything half-assed. So right. uh, we, we kind of, we stopped it, but it's interesting because that's how Crimepedia started. Because I okay. asked Cherry to hop on, I think it was the last four episodes of Captain Morgan. If you go back, I think we st- I still have them up and running. If you go back and listen to the fa- last four episodes, Cherry was the guest host. And so she was like my co-host for those episodes. And I think after the second or third episode, I went to her and I said, why don't we just do this together? It makes sense. How did, how did you guys meet? Because Cherry, you live in England. Yeah. And uh, Morgan's a knucklehead. <laughs> so, is you being from England, I'm certain you're very sophisticated. So, how did this this match happen? <laughs> well, I was the outro voice for Captain and Morgan, so I did their outro, okay. the outro for them. Um, and we were friends, I think, in in Discord. We it was mm-hmm. a true crime garage thing that I always used to listen to true crime garage, and um, so we kind of met. And now you're taking the Mickey out the way. I said garage now, aren't garage. you? Because you I said garage. Garage. <laughs> garage, garage. That's that sophistication. <laughs> Uh, so you were so you were in a true crime garage, uh, yes. uh, Discord. Yeah, and that's how I met. Yeah, that's how I met Morgan. Yeah, and she, uh, on the on the true crime garage Discord. Yeah. yeah, and she, Cherry, actually, you started your own your own true crime podcast. Yeah, I did. Yeah, had right my before own, we yeah. started. Yeah, and then and then it was like, what was that one? So it was um, the crime cabinet I used to have, um, and I, did, I only did like about six or eight episodes. And then Morgan came to me and said, look, let's do this. Would you want to come in and do Captain's Away for a couple of weeks? Do you want to come in as a guest? So I said, oh, yeah, that's fine. So we did that for a few episodes. And he was like, hey, like people really like this. And I really like it. What do you think about doing it like now? And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So then we came up with the name and it just sort of flowed from there. So then I got rid of the other one and carried on. So, so tell me about yourself, Cherry. Uh, Where are you? You're born and raised in England. Yeah. What did you do for? Um, is, is is podcasting your career? Or do you have another a, another career? What are you trained in? How did you end up here now? So I um I used to be a radio presenter. So I used to present breakfast on um a show over here, and then um it was a mainstream show, and then they bought it all got bought out and changed, and then I did it for um, a local radio um show. And then I started my own business and then, yeah, still doing that whilst, whilst podcasting. So, yeah, still just working hard and, yeah, born and raised in England. And, yeah, that's about it. Really. Nothing exciting. <laughs> 
what's what's your what's your business that you run so i have a bakery um so i make um wedding cakes and that kind of stuff amazing cakes bob amazing cakes <laughs> oh, bless him. did you like the really pretty cakes with the what are they called the fondant yeah yeah look like stuff yeah yeah crazy things lots of different ones which is nice we get lots of different people asking for loads of different stuff which is good so it's very varied so it keeps me keeps me really busy so you were I, i'm i'm reading in the notes erica set up for me and you were you you kind of worked in marketing and pr yeah you know, broadcasting yeah and then and then now you bake cakes like how did that <laughs> it, like, i know it was a total accident it was just a total accident <laughs> somebody asked me to make a cake um for, for their birthday i did and somebody else asked me and somebody else asked me and it was like well okay i've got a lot of this on and so i was like well i'll just try it and see and then like yeah eight years later my own store and yeah massively full diary of of stuff and yeah it's just crazy <laughs> it's crazy busy that's awesome. What what part of England are you in? I'm in the southwest of England, so I'm on the coast where it's like loads of beaches and like beaches on this okay. side and then loads of really nice like um countryside, so right down in the southwest. So I did uh, I did a speaking tour in the UK a few years ago no and way. I got to see a little as it's the first time I've ever been there, but we flew into London, drove uh took a train up to Manchester. Okay. And then we did a show in Manchester and then we drove up to Edinburgh, Scotland. Cool. Or excuse me, we did Newcastle. We drove train up to Newcastle, then Edinburgh, then back to Manchester mm. and then finished in London. Oh, Sounds so you like didn't come didn't anywhere, anywhere near the southwest <laughs> at all. No. Rude. No. I think like like London's London's kind of southish, right? Isn't no. it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's further it's further south than newcastle it, yeah it's further south than newcastle yeah so yeah yeah that's that's true no one ever comes down here because we're like right in the middle of nowhere so no one ever comes down this bit when they do like tours and stuff yeah, yeah there's no down real as far as here. main cities down there like where would you go exeter you could go that's oh, okay, a big huge city yeah okay. exeter would be good so next time you do your like british tour come down say hello uh, well, I want to come again, some go again, and, do, and just for like vacation sometime. Because yeah. I thought, like, I was like, "Oh, this is cool. I'm I'm getting paid to go see see." I mean, and I'm Scottish actually, so I'd never been to Scotland. So I was like, "This is cool. I get paid to go see these." But there was so much driving, and yeah. so it was like we never got to see anything. I did meet Idris Elba. Oh, in he's oh, wow. fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So funny story. I <laughs> I like to say. So I big timed uh, Idris Elba at <laughs> in, a, in a bar, and is it is it is it Notting Hill? That's what it's yeah. called, right? That little. So we did a. Sh- it was our last show, and we get done, and all the events when they were when the show was over, then we all would have like drinks and do like a big meet and greet. And this particular venue, it was in like that Notting Hill area, and I guess they're really big on like like being real quiet and like you can't disturb people after a certain time. Yeah. So when the show is over, they're like, you have to go. And there's 200 people there or whatever. And we're like, uh. And so some of the locals were like, well, let's go down to this this pub down the road and we can all meet there. And so we just go walking down the street. And as I walk in, the place is jam-packed, which I don't like. I don't no. do that many people in my personal space. And And everybody else was there ahead of me and they were in some back room waiting to go like take pictures and stuff like that. And so as I'm walking in, now I should preface this by saying I don't know anything about pop culture. I don't know actors. <laughs> I don't know anything. Okay. So I come walking in and some guy grabs me and goes, hey, man, 
Idris Elba's here, and he does like what you do, like on. But I didn't even hear him say like on TV. And he's and he's like, you do it in real life. You guys totally got to get a picture together. I told him you're coming, and I'm like, who? Okay, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know who that is. So I I walk in. And then there's this huge crowd, and I'm fighting through the crowd, and the people are in the back, and they're like waving to me. And then he walks up, and he's like, "Idris," and and he steps up, and this big, beautiful black man steps yeah. up and shakes my hand. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm like anxious. There's too many people. I don't know who he, he is. <laughs> All these people are in the back, and he's like, "You want to get a picture, mate?" And I and I was like, "I'll I'll get one with you in a minute, dude. I got a bunch of people back here waiting for me. I'll I'm gonna go back and see them." <laughs> I'll catch up with you in a little bit. And he looked at me like, who the fuck is yeah. this guy? And, I, and so I go wandering to the back, and then I do the thing, take all the pictures, and I come out, and my wife is sitting with the uh, the two ladies from Newcastle that had taken us out there, and they're all just glaring at I me. I bet. Like, I bet they what? were. Your wife's like, what they're the like, hell? Yeah. They're like, what? Why did you do that to Idris El? I'm like, who is he? I don't even know who that guy is. That's so like, funny. And he's gone there li- they're like, well, right now he's on the cover of People magazine as yeah. the most beautiful man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and he's on this show and this show Suicide and this Squad. show and this show. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, uh, I big timed Idris Elba. That's amazing. That's amazing. Give him his, give him his picture later. And then my wife was, didn't speak to me for two weeks because she didn't get to meet him because I had just blown him off <laughs> Oh no. because I had no idea who he was. That's going to happen yeah, when we're in Vegas. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be people that I have no idea who they are. And you're going to be like, you know who that is, don't you? You know who you've just said, excuse me, I'll be back in a minute too. I know it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I know it. Oh, it's, I'm the worst at it. I've, I have a history of it. I did it to, um, to John Cryer when he was, he ended up, he was the producer on my TV show, but I didn't know who, he was emailing me because mm-hmm. he liked the show and was going back and forth and asking me questions about the case we were working on. And then, one day he sends me a message. He's like, hey, man, give me your phone number. I want to call you and talk to you about doing a show together. And I'm thinking this is some fan that now wants my personal phone number yeah. to talk about doing a podcast together. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and luckily, the only, reason I, the only reason that show got made is because I happened to mention to my wife. I'm like, can you believe the nerve of this guy? Like, <laughs> like he's, he wants my personal phone. Like, we're best buddies. Like, she's like, does that say John Cryer? I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like who's that? She's like, uh, fucking Ducky. Yeah, I was gonna say that's Ducky, <laughs> like, man. Yeah, I have no idea <laughs> who that like, is. No idea. Oh, he played Alan in Two and a Half Men, which is where I really knew him from, okay. man, from Ducky. And I was like, oh, but but I had originally blown him off. I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe sometime I'll let you know. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to be mean and tell this tell this poor sap that I wasn't going to give him my phone number. That's oh, so funny. It was uh. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have a track record of my ignorance leading me to be being very rude to celebrities over, <laughs> over my history. <laughs> That's brilliant. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. So Morgan, what do you do? Nothing Besides exciting. Besides make podcasts. And yeah, uh, yeah not a pod, I'm not a professional podcaster. Um, I don't do anything cool like make cakes. I work in healthcare. I work doing health healthcare and analytics. So I am a numbers guy. Ooh. I uh, basically do statistics and you, I look at. You had like your best year of your life this year, right? There's it was all <laughs> everything was about numbers. You're getting, yeah. I know. Did you get involved in any of that? <laughs> I have. Uh, yeah, I have been involved with 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 some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I probably can't talk about. But yes. <laughs> right, right. Get the get the show deep platform. <laughs> yeah, so I do that. Actually, it's, it's weird. I um, I got my degree in in history, and somehow I end up working in healthcare. That's just how it worked out for me. So you went to college, got a you got a bachelor's degree in history. Yep. And then you work in healthcare yep. data <laughs> analytics. Like what? What is that? Like what kind of numbers? Are you talking like financial numbers? Financial or, numbers. Like, what mostly kind of financial. Fi- mostly financial numbers. Um, so, uh, long story short, I go and I make sure that hospitals are not overbilling the the company I work for, and then go back and attempt to recoup any overpaid dollars. Nice. Any chance you could do that with the hospital bills that gets to me? Because <laughs> I feel like. Because <laughs> I feel like there should be a you for every one of me that's out there because they overcharge everyone, don't they? Isn't they do. Shtick? But in in a sense, yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, so if you think about it, any time that a, a hospital uh, you know, over overcharges for a service, who's going to be picking up the bill if it's not recouped? It's going to be the patient, right? Right. So yeah, so that's what happens is we just get stuck with it. No, and oh, I mean, you we're look talking, at it with Superman. No, I'm not. I'm just a guy that looks at numbers and I get yelled at by hospital systems. <laughs> oh, it's messed up. And in very contrast to what Cherry has, they have their universal health care yeah. in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Great Britain. Yeah. But yeah, like I see, I used to, I was a fireman for a long time and I worked on an engine. I even worked on an ambulance for some of the time. And so I would always think like when, when, when you would see somebody's ambulance bill and they're like, oh, it cost me $2,000 to go to the hospital. Oh, it's crazy. Like, yep. There was a, there was two guys in that ambulance making seventeen dollars an hour, and it cost them four bucks in gas. That's what that ride cost. Mm-hmm. That's what the ride cost. Yeah. It's different over there, isn't it? Because you have like your firemen and you have like medical together. I watch Station Nineteen. I know all about this. <laughs> <laughs> right, so you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you run into one of the Station Nineteen guys yeah. in, I'll be fine. In uh, in Vegas, you'll yeah, be fine. I'll be yeah. fine. I know who they are. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. So in small world, we actually have on our the truth and justice um, research. We have a research team that is selecting our next case that is going through all of them. And one of the ladies that's on that team is I'll mess up her title. She's some kind of line producer or so. She works on Station Nineteen. Oh, wow. oh she's good like, work. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, that so is. I have a Station Nineteen hat. Yeah, it's a good show. Like, Here's a hat from Station Nineteen. Yeah, no kidding. And that one, you know, she's like, here's a Station 19 hat when I met her at a fan meetup. And I was like, what is that, like a local fire station? What are you? Oh, my God. Like, I don't want your <laughs> oh, my hat. God. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. 
But yeah, it's a uh, it's very very different different systems that we have there. But our you know what our what do you guys call it? our petrol is cheaper than yours? So yeah, you've they, got really cheap win. petrol. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was it was funny when I was traveling around Europe, um, or not Europe, just around the UK with the with the ladies that took us out there again. They're from Newcastle, and we were like talking about the differences in like taxes and mm. you know, healthcare and education and stuff like that. And we were trying. I remember we were sitting down with our calculators over <laughs> our morning tea. Trying to figure out what the the fuel equivalent was because everything was in like lead, pounds per liters yeah. per pound or whatever yeah. or pounds per liter instead of gallons for or dollars per gallon and uh, we were I'm like if my math is right you guys are paying nine dollars per gallon of gas yeah it's crazy because of all the yeah the taxes on mm-hmm. there yeah it, it's insane the differences between the United States and and, and the UK especially like when during cases mm-hmm. I think. We both have had moments where we have completely disagreed with how, you know, cases or results of cases were handled, right? So, Cherry, how many times have you said to me, like, she does not think that the Fifth Amendment is a good thing. She doesn't like no. the Fifth Amendment, right? So, you're, you're right to... The, the, one, the one where people are able to not speak? Like, yeah. It just makes me crazy. It makes me mad. I'm just like, no, you should have to speak. Because if you're guilty... Right. you're Waterboard them. Yeah, Get them. that's right. <laughs> Whack them on their backs. That's right. Sort them out. It's just like no, you should have to speak. If you're guilty, then you're going to drop yourself in it. If you're if you're innocent, you've got nothing to worry about. So like, no, I hate it when they do that. Oh, I pled the fifth. I'm just like, no, no pleading the fifth. I don't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's funny. So what you just said made me go ah, as someone that some my other show works in wrongful convictions. Yeah, yeah. And we work so many of them where these people were innocent and they're in prison because they didn't shut their damn mouths. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. Like I teach, I teach my little children. I'm like, listen, if the police ever talk to you yeah. about anything, I don't care if someone in your school took a pencil. You say lawyer. Yeah. That's all you say. Don't say a damn word to them. <laughs> twist it, twist you it just around. don't speak. I want my dad and I want the lawyer. Right, that's exactly. So, do you have do you have kids? Yeah, yeah. Cherry? I've got a teenager, so I've said exactly the same to her. You don't say anything until I get there. Don't say a word. No, I, that's <laughs> no. You should be telling them. Listen, spill your guts if you're innocent. If you know, I'm just tell them everything. Tell them what you what you had for breakfast. <laughs> just keep talking and whatever you do, just keep talking until I get there. I think it's and just then, frustrating, we'll isn't next. it? It's just frustrating when you're looking through a case and you're reading through oh, yeah. transcripts and stuff. And it's the same here because obviously over here we've got the right to silence. And we just say, no comment, no comment. Oh, and it just drives me mad because as somebody right. who's reading it, obviously I understand why they do it, but as someone who's reading it or looking through um, something like that, I mean, I've, I've looked through, I've, funny, I've just been listening to your, I've been watching your um, West Memphis 3. Um, and uh-huh. oh, I was just thinking, no, don't talk. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And then I'm thinking, oh no, because I normally say, no, just keep talking. Just tell us what you're, tell us what you, what you know. So yeah, I understand. It's just frustrating when you just want answers and everybody's not saying a word. Well, it's really frustrating as content creators because like I'm such a hypocrite because I'm always like, like people shouldn't, shouldn't talk. You should have a lawyer, you know, just keep your mouth shut. The police, even like even 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 good cops, and I'm a firm believer. And there's there's many good, there's many more good cops out there than our bad cops. Mm. They still don't have your best interest in mind. No. They're trying to close their case. Of course, yeah. yeah. So you shut up. Yeah. Let them find evidence if there's evidence. But as a context, I remember I had um, uh, Chris Lambert on who does the Your Own Backyard podcast, the Chris and Smart case, 
And that was one of those where like the main suspect for like years just would not talk mm. in depositions. He's like, I plead the fifth, wouldn't talk. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Yeah. He should have to say, it's like, like I want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same as me. I'm just like, no, no pleading the fifth. Tell me what I want to know. Give me the answers. Well, I think we sh- yeah, we should be able to dictate who gets to be silent and who doesn't. Like if someone's boring or whatever, sure, <laughs> yeah. be silent. But if I, we really need to know what you have to say, then yeah. you know, we bring out the bring out the shackles and, <laughs> and the torture devices, whatever we got to do. Right, electrocute Get them those a bit. sons of bitches talking, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so your guys' podcast starts. In, so you were kind of working together, and you decide to lose the captain. He's a big loser anyway. <laughs> um, so you start. You know, I was with him just a couple of days ago. He, he and I went to um, Cleveland mm-hmm. for a live show. And we were down there, and I saw him act like more of an adult than I have ever seen. Never. Him. I've, I've known him for about Never. five years. Oh uh, well, he he had a he had a gig or something in the morning on Friday morning. So Josh Hallmark and I from True Crime Bullshit, we had a hotel down there. In, in, what is Cleveland for you guys? Are you still in Columbus? I'm in Columbus. Yeah. Morgan? Yep. What was it about two two and, two and, half and a half hour hours? Yeah. To Cleveland. Yep. Yeah, and the show is at like seven o'clock at night, so it's going to be late and everybody be drinking. And then Captain gets there and he's like, "Yeah, I didn't get a room. I'm going to drive home tonight, so I'm going to have to take it easy." And my first thought was, "Boring room," because yeah, he's not going to. And we get there and he's and and just as expected, like we're trying to do the live show, and in the middle of the show, he's ordering shots up to the table, (laughs) and we're coming like, "Here we go." That's the captain I know. Let's get these things. We got him sharing secrets. He was letting all kinds of secrets out during that, <laughs> during that show. Oh, I love it. But then shockingly, the captain pulled, hit the brakes and spent the next three hours hanging out with everybody, drinking Cokes and waters for the rest of the night. And it was, you know, it was like very responsible and, and boring. Stupid captain ruined everything by being an adult that night. We're not going to let him we adult when I come over. When I come to visit, we're going to have the proper oh. captain. He no, can't. Don't. Yeah, yeah. The problem. No, he can't. And when it's during CrimeCon, no, he can't. No way. He, he can't no. calm down. He. I. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin anything. But his captain persona definitely comes out very strong during CrimeCon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When he when he starts throwing him back, uh, and, and the Nick persona gets ruined because everybody oh, thinks Nick's the straight he's guy. So oh funny. no! When he's drunk, he's so funny. <laughs> no. So funny. Right. And Nick, yeah. and Nick can drink. He is a drinker. Oh, yeah. It's amazing yeah, how he and I how that throwing... boy can drink. <laughs> that one get, uh, get together we were all at the, whatever the night it was at CrimeCon. Mm-hmm. He was he and I were just go, were going bourbon for bourbon for a while there. <gasps> oh that, no, he, he yeah he can he can put him down. But this thing in Cleveland, surprise! So captains there. And then, it, so like there was like there's like degrees of responsibility. Like <laughs> like most people for this group would see like Captain obviously is the most irresponsible, and then I'm like slightly ahead of him uh, because he won the drinking contest. So he said, <laughs> "This is true. I heard all about this." And then we have and then we have Josh Hallmark there, who was like the adult in the room. Except for that's not how it worked out. Captain ends up being the adult and and, and drinks and you know he he has water and coke until he's sober for, and then drives mm-hmm. home. Josh and I leave. We get a ride back to our hotel at I don't know what it was. It was like twelve thirty or something. Been drinking all evening, and then Josh is like the bar shut down, but we see that there's wine bottles behind the front desk. And, and Josh is like, "Do you think it would be okay if we just got a bottle of wine and?" 
just hung out for a little while because wow. we haven't had much yeah. of a chance to talk since we were there. So I'm like, sure, let's do it. Now, mind you, I started the night with bourbon, switched to beer, and now I'm on oh red wine. Oh, my line. God. I'm still hungover. And now <laughs> people are hearing this in a few weeks. But, this, but, this, but it's Monday. That was Thursday. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we get a bottle of wine and sit down in the lobby, drink a whole bottle of wine, order another bottle of wine, <sighs> and we get about halfway through that one. And we're both like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. We should probably, what time is we look? It's 3.30 in the fucking morning. Oh, wow. And we're still sitting, sitting in the lobby drinking. We, we talked about everything from <laughs> podcasts and true crime to politics, our views on abortion. Like, we got into everything. <laughs> everything. Absolutely everything. <laughs> everything. I love it. Could, yeah, that's when it was bedtime. It was like, well, I think we've run out of every single controversial issue to possibly talk about. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. call it a Let's night. Let's go to bed. Yeah, and then Friday, we both did the same thing, got back to our rooms. Called the front desk and asked for a late checkout Friday <laughs> to give us a, a few hours to sleep. And then I wake up at nine in the morning with my head throbbing. Oh. And I, I didn't have any Advil with me. And it was the worst. I was so, I'm laying in bed like I could sleep for three more hours, <laughs> but my head is throbbing. The only way for me to fix my throbbing head is going to be to get up, get dressed, and go downstairs to the lobby to go buy some Advil to come back. And at that point, I might as well just leave. So and it and with traffic, it'd be a six-hour drive home for me, oh, just completely wow. hungover, mm-hmm. exhausted. That's not fun. Worst. While captain, no. captain was home feeling right as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, look at Morgan. No. As though you wouldn't do something like that. Yeah, he was really <laughs> good though in Texas Crime Con. You were so good because obviously well, I was here. I couldn't get. O- I couldn't get over there. So we were like literally. Uh, see, face- wasn't what I saw. <laughs> we were FaceTiming all the time, and then he rings me at like one o'clock in the morning. Face like one o'clock in the morning, your time, which is what five five six in the morning, six my of, time. Six your time. Oh, five he's like, time. hey, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? I was like, I'm I'm walking to work, and he's like, yeah, I'm still out. Yeah, look, and he's like, all these people, and all these people are going hi, and I'm like, hello, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so you were I, a little bit. I, I wanted to. I think include I was there you. That I wanted to include you. Did. you. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. It was really good. Um, all right, so tell tell us a little bit about Crimepedia. What is the kind of format of the show? What can people expect if they if they tune in? Go, Morgan. I'll let you explain <laughs> it. You're much better than me at this. Um, st- still working out the details. Not yeah, sure what's going yeah. <laughs> No, so, so we're a, a weekly true crime podcast where we do things a little differently where while there's two of us, we kind of re-rotate who's covering the case or who's telling the story each week. So one week I uh-huh. will have a story that I'm telling to Cherry. Sometimes I don't even tell her what it is or give her any information about it. And she'll do the same for me. Sometimes it, sometimes if the case is very um, complex, we will share some details that are required. We do that just because mm-hmm. we like the, sh- the shocking moments that we give to each other. Right. So those, those moments where, uh-huh. I enjoyed doing, you know, getting to a point in in the story where I will say, however, and then Cherry <laughs> blows her mind because she thinks one thing and then all of a sudden I'm going to throw a tire wrench into it. We cover cases across the globe. Uh, Cherry does a lot from the UK and Ireland. I do. Most of mine have been um, United States and now Canada. And hopefully I'm going to expand from that, which is good because with our audience, our we do have a very broad audience. Um, you know, it's really, mo- well, it's mostly United, United States and the UK where our listeners are coming from. So it's nice because 
our U.S. listeners might not know the U.K. stories or the cases very well, or if mm-hmm. at, at all, and then vice versa with our U.K. listeners, where we're telling them cases that they might not know. We tend to focus on cases that aren't giving, getting a lot of coverage. So cases that that really any of our listeners might not know. Um, one thing we, we always get stuff be like, hey, you guys are going to c- cover Delphi. Well, well, Delphi, there's not a whole lot we're going to be able to add to the story. Or there's not going to be information that we can, you know, give to listeners that they haven't already heard. So our thought is, right. while it is important for cases like that to be heard, it might not be, uh, it's not really not our, you know, our podcast that's going to, you know, be breaking these cases or giving out new information. So we want to focus on those cases that aren't being covered or, or ones that are definitely lesser known. I think that's, that's it. Our show in a, in, in a nutshell. Hmm. Unless Cherry, you have anything else to add? Nope. That was fine. Nope. You got a, you get a, you know, half of British accent and half an American <laughs> accent. So you can you choose your flavor. <laughs> yeah. Which, which case you want to listen uh-huh. to. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The case that we're that you guys selected to talk about today is one of those UK mm-hmm. t- cases that I'm assuming that you selected, Cherry. Um, the case is, is Debbie Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, why don't you t- take it away? Tell us about the the Debbie Lindsay case. So Debbie Lindsay was um, a woman who was living and working in Edinburgh. She met, went down to her, her brother was getting married. She went down to her family for the weekend and was having a bridesmaid dress fit in, really excited for the brother's wedding. And then she was working in a hotel in Edinburgh, but she wanted to change to maybe work closer to home. So she was looking at a place in Baker Street in London, the Sherlock Holmes Hotel. 
Um, she'd been offered a job there. So her brother gave her a lift to the train station. She got on the train and it was literally like a 30, it's like a 30 minute journey, 34 minutes. She got into the carriage and we're talking, this was back in, um, this was, we were, where are we, 1988. So it's quite a while ago. And our trains have changed a lot since then. Back in the day, you used to have the carriages were, you'd have separate ones that you could smoke in and you could only enter them from one door. So they wouldn't sort of, you couldn't walk all the way through the carriages like you can now. Um, she got onto this smoking carriage and by the time the 34 minute journey was up, a porter at the end station went down to check that all the carriages were empty and found her murdered in the carriage. And there's still, even now, there's nothing, there's no, there's no DNA that they've been able to, there was obviously blood everywhere. She was stabbed quite a few times. There's a lot of blood in the carriage, but there's no other DNA that they can find that they can attribute to anybody. There's no, no sightings of anybody leaving that, that train. There's no sightings of anyone getting on the train with her. And it's basically just gone completely cold. And it's such a short amount of time. And there seems to be nobody that knows anything about what happened to her. And this, this was in 1988. Yeah. It, when, I, when I started looking at the case, the first thing I thought of is, it sounds like an Agatha Christie story. It does. I wonder yeah. if, it does. Which is it, why I did the title like that. I wonder like if that. it's based yeah. on it. Yeah. I wonder when Murder on the Orient Express yeah. was published. Yeah. If it was before or after this. Yeah. I think it was before, wasn't it? I before. think it was before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before. But yeah, that's and that's why we did the 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 title of it. Like it was the title for our episode was like Murder on the fourteen sixteen because I thought it sounds very much like the Orient Express kind of thing, right? And so it's not like unlike the Murder on the Orient Express, where then they you know they're they're questioning everybody on the train mm. that was you know that that could have access. Mm. The carriage she's in, there's only one way in and mm-hmm. one yeah. way out. Yep. Yeah. And were there, it, it, I guess I have, a hard, I have a hard time picturing it, but are there multiple, she wasn't the only one in that carriage, right? Or was she? Well, the only thing we know and about obviously it. Obviously, there was someone else that killed yeah, her, but. Yeah, the only thing you know, the only thing we know about it was that she had time in there to eat some of a sandwich and to smoke two cigarettes because they found the cigarette butts on the floor. We don't know of anybody that got sort of in and out of the train that anybody saw particularly. Except for like the next Morgan's favorite person in the whole case. Yes, she's fantastic. <laughs> but so, so Bob, when when I heard this case, and we talk about train carriages, I'm thinking of a long train carriage with like multiple rows of seats, right? So let's say like right. ten rows of seats. These smoking carriages, it's it's really a slot, and there's mm. there's a seat on one side, a seat on the other side, and that's it. So one door in, one little place you can walk. Seat, uh, seat on one side of the wall, a seat on the other side of the wall. And that's it. That's it. So there's not like, because I'm picturing the the train that I took from like London to Newcastle. Yes, that that's, yeah. They were nice enough to get us like the, uh, like first class tickets up there, which means we were sitting in like um, a carriage with like a little table. Yeah. Yeah. In front of us. Like, yeah. But there was, there was probably 20 people in our carriage. So it's, it's not like that. And mm. so this is a carriage where you go in and there's just. Just a couple people there. Yeah, just like the old stuff, like you think of the Agatha Christie ones where they've just got the carriage that you just, you walk in and it's just two seats either side. So you'd be sat facing each other. There'll be a window at the end and then a door this end. So you kind of just go in and you'd sit facing the person in front of you. And that's and that's what it was. Then that's, that's all it was for her. It was just one way in, one way out. It would probably sit, what, max of maybe eight to 10 people maybe. 
I think I think probably four to six. Oh, that's yeah. it. Not very it, big. Yeah. yeah, it's very small. Yeah, very small. Wow. And and anyone in there would they have been able to see? Like, if there are other people in the carriage with that weren't the murderer, would they have been able to see the murderer taking place? Or oh yeah, no. Them? If 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 they were, if anyone else was in the carriage, you'd be sort of sat opposite, facing each other. So it, it would uh-huh. it would only have been her and the murderer in that. The either side carriages, the ones that were next to her would also be the same so that you couldn't see in. There's no windows either side of the carriage. They're only sort of track side. Okay. So you wouldn't be able to see into her carriage unless you walked up the track and looked in the door. Mm-hmm. God, that's, that's, it's insane. And then it just, it, and of course in 1988, it's not like they have DNA or anything like that. No. To, has there ever been any, any talk of, of the UK authorities like, trying to open the case back up or test evidence in it you know try to test dna from cigarette butts or anything i think they've been i think they've looked through they do keep looking through it i don't think it's um i think every so often they'll go back to it and i think that they've tried with now dna now but i believe that all they've got is hers all they've got is is just all her blood and back then i mean we've got crime scene photos and literally the the investigators are stood in the blood (laughs) they just stood there in Mm -hmm. the carriage like taking photos oh. and stuff, walking all over it. There's no like, let's like con- contain the scene. <laughs> like, don't walk in there. There was just stuff everywhere, and it's like back to the old, you know, those kind of days where they've got their little um, magnifying glasses out, and it was yeah, not not great scene management. There are numerous things that that drive me nuts about this case. Of uh, first being the fact that in the carriage next to Debbie's, there was a French au pair by the name of Helene who heard screaming for a full two minutes and did nothing. She did not allay, you know, raise alarms. She did not pull like the emergency, you know, emergency line. She didn't even look into the carriage to see what happened, to see if anyone needed help. She just went on her way and left, right? So does oh, nothing. Yeah. So that's it. The second thing is the porter goes in, he sees the body. He doesn't, sound any alarm so everyone who got off the train at that station was able to leave right so he didn't he didn't lock it down or anything he didn't lock down there was there was no lockdown at all there's uh the the fact that if i'm not mistaken cherry wasn't there one of the passengers didn't they say that he looked like he had like scrapes or something or or blood on him yeah, there was a guy that left the carriage, a lady that saw a man leave the carriage. I think he was wearing like something like light blue or something. And she saw him running and she, Helene followed him, didn't she, down the track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she followed this guy. She's too scared to pull the cord, but she follows this murderer down the and, and then loses him in the station. So we were like, what? Okay, so you were too scared to pull a cord whilst you're in a carriage safely, but mm-hmm. you got out of your carriage and followed a guy a murderer all the way down and all the way through. Why didn't you just pull the cord? Exactly. And then even without that, we're, this is a very, very busy major station that they're at. Yeah. Yes. There yeah. are CCTV cameras everywhere. Everywhere. So you would assume that this guy... Even at, even in 1988, they had cameras? Yep. Yeah, they had the, the old ones. Them. You know, like the big fat ones. They're the really old ones. Yeah, right. so I actually confirmed this. So I found a, a photo from 1988 of a camera which was pointing right out at the exit. So there are uh-huh. there was CCTV pointed at where all these passengers would be coming off off of the um off the platform. Into oh, the but station. not out of but not uh, not one on the door of her specific. No, no. Carriage. Mm. No, no, no. 
So at least you you should we there should be video somewhere of every person who was on that train who got off and left the platform on into the station. Mm-hmm. There should be. So you should be able to go through and say, "Well, this guy's running. He's wearing a blue shirt. It looks like he has some blood on him." But no, mm-hmm. it they apparently they don't have it or. He would have been covered in blood too. The the scene yes. was so bloody. Yeah. He would have been. He would unless he got changed. It was. It was very close to the end when Helene heard the screaming. It was really close to the end. That the last stop. So it was about six minutes. So you know he must have got on if he wasn't already on there. He must have got on the stop before the end. So he had about six minutes to to murder her and then get out and and run away. And I was mistaken from earlier. We do have a DNA profile from him, which they have um, been testing, but there's nothing on our DNA database for him. So the DNA database was started in 1997. So if he died beforehand, you know, they're not going to find who he was. I wonder if they'll be able to use something like GEDmatch or whatever they use, you know, genealogy Mm -hmm. to at least get close. It's interesting because, you know, you look, uh, I mean, only having kind of a cursory knowledge of the case, but it's like, like, was this a, a personal attack? I, I think I read here that they say that, you know, police think that she knew the killer uh, that did it. It's like, otherwise, like, were there other attacks like this? Was this a serial killer that was doing this all over the place? But there were other, there were other train attacks around the time, but mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. they were able to ever, ever actually conclu- conclusively link the, them together. No, that's right. There was a guy, wasn't there, that just used to hop on trains and like be, he used to, he was like um, very angry and would shout and scream at people, but never actually uh-huh. killed anybody. A few people had said about that. And then obviously Debbie. Yeah. He had, yeah. I mean, he was armed with a big knife. So he, it was a premeditated thing. It's not just like mm-hmm. he's come onto her or something. She's knocked him back and then he's throttled her because he's angry. I mean, he went there with a knife. <laughs> so he was obviously planning to kill someone. And he had to have known that she was in there. She, he would have had to have known that she was in that one carriage. Yeah, if it was, yes, it had to be like an extreme amount of planning if she was mm. the target, unless mm, it was exactly. unless yeah. it was just a random. I'm going to kill someone who's ever in, yeah. you know, who's ever yeah. in here is the one that's going to get it. Well, it's super interesting. People have to listen to your um, your episode on it that you called it the uh, the murder. What was the title of the episode again? It's a uh, murder on the fourteen sixteen. Murder on the 1416. And uh, you guys are, it's, it's your birthday. You guys yeah. Start, didn't you start the show last August? Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. Nice. We did you did. have a birthday party or anything for the big one year? <laughs> well, it's so, it's so funny <laughs> because Morgan, like, we, we recorded our episode for this week yesterday. And he was like, hey, happy anniversary. And I was like, what? He's like, happy anniversary. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's not my anniversary. And he's like, no, it's our anniversary, like the whole year. And I was like, no way. I can't believe that. We just, yeah, so we, no, we didn't do it. Like a married couple, we didn't really do anything, did we? It was just like, no. right. We'll have to do something. We'll have to do something for crime and crime con Vegas, right? We'll have a, a belated birthday party next April. I'm so Jerry, excited. You can, you can bake a cake. Oh, no, I'm not. No, we'll buy party. one when we get out there. They've got a Carlos <laughs> out there. We'll, we'll go buy stuff. <laughs> well, congratulations, guys, on the podcast. It, it sounds great. Uh, for you listeners, definitely check it out. Their names are Cherry and Morgan. The podcast is called Crimepedia. Check it out. It'll be your next big true crime binge. And uh, Bull Cherry and Morgan, thank you both. Thank you for having us. True 
Crime Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing. Music and artwork by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is TrueCrimeBinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. And make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge. worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.